is Live Talk Radio. Today is an apex for Life Talk Radio for a few reasons. Number one, because we are in the UK. That's right. Life Talk Radio has an international presence. Well, we're not actually in the UK, but my guest today is all the way in the UK. I'm super, super excited about today's show. It's also a high water mark because today's content is going to provide you with a deeper understanding of the mindset habits of peak performance. And number three, it's going to be an ordinary and extraordinary show because I have an extraordinary guest uh, in the house. His name is Joe Crammon. Joe is a man who embodies the spirit of peak performance, both in the gym and in the business world. I'm going to introduce him here in just a moment. But first, if Life Talk Radio is providing you with actionable strategies and value, we want to hear about it. We want you to like, share, subscribe, comment on our content, because at the end of the day, it really is all about our listeners. And we want to bring you content that is going to help you level up and be the best version of who you are. So you can find us on all social media platforms, including YouTube. We have a channel there, Spotify. We're on Apple Music. You name it, Life Talk Radio is in the house. And I'm super, super excited about that. And so without further ado, I want to introduce my guest. His name is Joe Crammon, all the way from the UK, man. Dude, welcome. Thank you very much, Dana. Wow, what an introduction. I really appreciate that. I love your energy, and um, I'm thoroughly looking forward to this conversation. It's great. Good stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. I, I'm telling you, you know, the fact that you're a bodybuilder, number one, dude, is, is like, it's like, <laughs> I'm in like seventh heaven right now talking to you. So <laughs> I'm going to talk to Joe here in I just a second, that. but uh, let me just read a little bit about Mr. Joe because his resume is extremely impressive and you're going to see what I mean here in just a moment. So Joe is a dedicated, competitive and professional bodybuilder. His journey in competitive bodybuilding began at the early age of 19. And since then, he has competed in 12 shows spanning over 17 years. Now, for my guests who don't really understand the, oh my gosh, the 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 strength in that and the fortitude that it takes to do something like that is, I just want you to know that this is the best of the best. So 12 shows in 17 years. His, accompli- his accomplishments include two second place titles in the 2015 British NABBA bodybuilding finals. He has three consecutive first place titles in the, in the regional British titles. He has multiple top six placements. He is a peak performance coach and entrepreneur, and he has a passion for entrepreneurship and a love for competitive bodybuilding. In fact, Joe has dedicated his life to pushing the limits of what is possible in the gym and in the business world and i have him here on life talk radio bro that's uh that's i can't tell you how strong your your bio is bro oh i appreciate that i hope <laughs> i can live up to it in this conversation it sounds that's uh yeah great introduction i appreciate that yeah and, man um, yeah you know it's feel funny free because... to ask me whatever you want <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's funny because you know when people are introducing me and uh, they're reading my bio i'm like who is that guy <laughs> where is that guy exactly. it's strange to hear it from <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yes. No, yeah, man. Uh, well, you know, bro, you, it's you've been, been a journey. Able, definitely. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you have been able, man, to uh, accomplish some very um, uh, um, uh, strong things, so, uh, some just amazing accomplishments in your life, uh, in your personal life, uh, in the business world, and you've really made a name for yourself uh, in, in, in those regards. And today we're going to talk about that. Uh, some of the things I want to talk to Joe about today is, uh, is the mindset habits for peak performance. We're going to dig into that. We're going to talk about embracing failure as a key to success. I know a lot of us deal with a failure mindset and we're going to talk about today how to break uh, uh, you know, that, that failure mindset and how to use it and leverage to bring success in our life. And then we're going to talk about something that's very specific uh, to the men out there, the, the male population. We're going to talk about the unspoken conversation of male insecurity and mental health. And that's going to in- include some body dysmorphia that uh, maybe it's a term you've heard, maybe you haven't heard. I've heard it. Joe has heard it. We probably dealt with it. I probably still deal with it. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to talk about those those things today. So, so Joe, let's just start by this, man. Why don't you, you know, based on the uh, introduction that I just gave of you, why don't you kind of talk a little bit about, uh, you know, your background and uh, and then we'll dig in and, uh, you know, go further. Yeah, of course. No, I appreciate that. Well, I mean, I started out as a very shy kid. So I grew up in a very small village, uh, yeah. a place called Somerset in the UK. Um, very few people live there. I had very few friends. And in my childhood, and we can touch upon it in the few, in, in later on in the conversation, was, was slightly, slightly unstable, if I'm honest. Um, so I was quite shy and nervous. And I got my first job in a gym, uh, in a leisure center. And I was kind of, um, I met somebody that was from Poland originally. Uh, he worked in the kitchens. He was a huge guy. He reminded me of Dolph Lundgren, you know, out of Rocky Four. He had the, yeah, the blonde flat top. He was absolutely massive guy, six foot four. I was going to say, and he looked just he? like him. And he came down. Yeah, he was a big, big guy, like, you know, and he came down. And I, I suppose as a kid, I kind of grew up watching Arnold Schwarzenegger films, you know, like Sylvester Stallone, like Dolph Lundgren, all those guys back when I was growing up were like you know the pinnacle of like action heroes and and i kind of put them on a pedestal of like when i'm an adult when i'm a grown man that's who i want to aspire to look like is just be this big strong muscular guy and i think in a way it was kind of a bit of a mask for me to try and overcome some insecurities we can maybe talk about in the future and Mm -hmm. i met this guy from poland and he said you need to be eating chicken and rice and tuna and rice and he said this in a really strong accent he said what's your diet and i said well I just eat whatever I can, you know, whatever, whatever's available. Um, so anyway, he took me to the supermarket and, he, and we, we, we shopped together and, you know, he got me these dietary supplements and wow. all these different foods. And within a very short space of time, and this was quite new to me, I just started changing. I was eating higher protein foods, higher fats. He told me to kept, keep my carbs low. Yeah. And I just started to grow naturally. And because I was working in a leisure center with a gym, obviously I was training every day uh, and it just increased my confidence. And I guess... I just became addicted to it. And I think maybe I've got a slightly addictive personality, but I'm yeah. lucky I found a habit and a lifestyle that was, you know, a, a good thing, you know, as a positive to focus that kind of addictive personality into. Right. And then it kind of grew from there. And I competed again uh, for my first time when I was 19. I came second in the juniors for the NABBA um, Nationals when I was 19 years old. Wow. And then from then I sort of snowballed into bigger shows you know, a bit of sponsorship, um, and then into the sort of marketing sales world. And there was a lot that went on during those periods, but that's kind of how it kick-started. So, you know, the shy, quiet kid into standing on stage with a pair of very small trunks, wearing lots of tan, 
yeah. sweating, nervous to kind of like eventually, you know, coming second place, Mr. Britain, 2015 and winning some national, uh, it was some, some regional shows and yeah. then turning that kind of discipline and consistency into the business world to yeah, where I'm at yeah. today with that. So that's kind of a summary. That's awesome, man. That's, you know, there's, there's definitely relatable skills, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the mindset that you have to have, the disciplines that you have, that those are trans transferable skills that you can, I mean, you can do anything with the, with those skills. I mean, it, it takes tenacity. Uh, I don't care what it is. I mean, even for a child learning to ride a bike, you know, it takes that tenacity and determination. One of the things that you said that I really, I mean, I thought that you're, man, this guy's so fortunate with is that, you know, have a, you have a lot of people who, are interested in something or are, are, you know, have aspirations to do something and they kind of, this kind of struggle through their entire life, uh, to, to get a kickstart. But at an early age, man, you, you, you've, you met someone that, that probably saw something in you. Uh, because I tell you, man, you're a big dude, bro. You're a big guy. I mean, I think at your top weight, you were like 264, correct? That's right. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, man. Right. I think we, we measure in kilos, here, but yeah, in pounds. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So I think in kilos, you were like, what, one, 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 was it? Let me hear here. I want to get it right. One, about uh, 120, 120 kilos, which is about 265 pounds in American pounds. <laughs> but dude, that's awesome, bro. So, so, yeah, so you meant, what's that? Five foot nine. So I'm not exactly a really tall guy. So I kind of had the, the width to make up for it, I guess. Yeah. 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 Well, man, I tell you, you look great, bro. Uh, and, uh, we're going to talk more about that here in, in just a moment. Um, but I want to go back and, and talk about, and first of all, let me just kind of finish my thought that, you know, it's great that you, this guy saw something in you and he helped you get on the right track. And, you know, I, I know that in, in, in bodybuilding specifically, it really is, um, all about what you eat. Uh, it's about how you train, how often you train, uh, being uh, versatile in in your workouts and just really uh, there's a science behind it and the fact that you were able to meet someone uh, of this guy's caliber man to help you get kickstarted was that's that's pretty that's pretty good that's awesome great it was it was a kind of like you said a kickstart to inspiration for me of like wow that's exactly what I'm, I need to do and right. uh, I was reading the books you know back in those days the internet was at its starting point so I wasn't really able to find too much information apart from magazines and books uh we're, we're talking sort of mid 90s you know late 90s um so I kind of got to a point where I you know this guy was helping me you know he was he had experience and um I took his advice and it seemed to work so that was yeah, really yeah. where I it sort of snowballed from there you know yeah 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 we're going to circle back to that here in just in just a moment because I want to talk to you uh and uh uh from the viewer's perspective about bodybuilding and 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 some of the the tips and tools and trades that you uh have implemented in, into your life to get that your 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 physique to an optimal place but I want to start with this let's let's talk about your childhood I know that uh you know growing up you had uh, a childhood that was you know you weren't dealt the best hand uh, and I believe that your mom dealt with some alcoholism. Um, and, you know, let's let's talk about that. Uh, and, you know, what you what you experienced as a child uh, and how it shaped you for, you know, for your adult life. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's fine. Well, I mean, uh, it's an interesting story because my father had me very late in life. So he had me at 59 years of age. Wow. Um, so, you know, he was an old dad. dad yeah. And uh, the, the, he unfortunately left his ex-wife, met my mother. They had a bit of an affair. Um, it broke the family. 
and little did he realize that my mother had a drink problem. She kept it very well hidden when I was a uh. very small child. And then it started to reveal itself um, in my early years when I was probably, yeah, like maybe eight, nine years old. Mm. She was sneaking vodka into her coffee and, and all this sort of stuff. Mm. And, um, you know, unfortunately, with an alcoholic, they until they really admit to themselves they're an alcoholic, they've always got an excuse. Um, right. And my father did his best to try and look after her. Um, but it was tough, you know, like uh, he, he left the family home and I was just left with her right. for a, a short period of time and she couldn't look after me. She tried to commit suicide a few times. Oh. And I don't to this day really know why she was struggling with what she was right. struggling with. I, it could have been abuse from her father. We just don't know. you know. Right. So right. Um, it was it was interesting because in a way I kind of felt like uh i need to look after my body and i i do not want to go down this path of abusing my health because i saw what it did to my mum, and also right. i could see the fact that my father was aging when i was a teenager i couldn't kick right. a ball around with him you know he was in his 70s so uh you know i was kind of looking after him so uh, i had to grow up fast and, and and i didn't have many friends of my own age i got on better with older guys and maybe this is why again it's that kind of like wanting to be a man you know, wanting to be big, wanting to be strong. And, mm -hmm. and, and that kind of led me down that path of physical exercise. And it was my outlet. It saved me, to be honest, right. um, from probably a life of who knows what. So um, just to really a message to anyone out there who's going through problems at home, whether it be alcoholism, drug you know, abuse or lack of care and attention is to find a sport, I think, is a very powerful yeah, outlet. If absolutely. you can focus on a sport, it doesn't have to be bodybuilding. It absolutely. can be you know, football. It can be cricket, rugby, whatever it might be. Um, it, you know, it's really, really important to build that discipline. It helps you interact with other people of the same kind of hobby, the same interests, which builds your confidence. You feel like you're part of a community, which helps. Yeah. And it can become like your second family in a way, you know, when yeah. you join a team and you actually get involved in that. So I think it's vitally important. I think the physical discipline along with, you know, the consistency and also the, you know, the dietary requirements that are often needed, just help balance things, right. help you keep you on a structure, especially as a, as a guy. You know, right, as a man. right, That's right. What I believe is a good yeah, man, I completely agree with that. There's something about performance, you know, uh, uh, performance in terms of physical performance. It really does, man, release such a massive amount of endorphins uh, in your brain. And it really helps, does it, it builds your confidence in so many areas. Uh, and uh, you're able to, I mean, you're able to, you know, to, to convert those, uh, um, that, that just, I mean, not convert, but you're able to, to transfer and use, you know, use those, um, use those, uh, I'm losing my train of thought here, but that's okay because this is life talk radio and it happens sometime, but it's all good, <laughs> but you're able to use that mindset and, uh, and, and transfer to other areas of your life. And you have, and you have done that. Uh, I want to ask you a couple questions about your childhood. So, uh, you noticed that your mom really started drinking, uh, or that what you really noticed that you were around eight or nine years old, uh, d did your mom have a drinking problem prior to, uh, marrying your father or, or being with your father? Yes. Okay. Yes, she did. She, uh, I've got a sister that I've only ever met once because she was taken away from my mother when, mm. uh, you know, when, when she was drinking another period of time before, yeah. which is not my father's child. It's another, another man's child. Right, now right, right. I, you would have thought that might've been a red flag for my father to think maybe I'm don't continue or maybe I'll keep an eye on this, but right. he was in love. He was besotted and, uh, there was a big age gap. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and, um, yeah. I think cause I was technically unplanned, I think he felt a duty of care and responsibility to have to uh, 
bring me up. But it, it's an interesting one because I could hold a bit of bitterness and resentment because he was uh, uninterested, unfortunately, because of his age. So I kind of brought myself up. And like as I said, I was looking after him a lot. But, you know, it gives you a sense of responsibility. Um, and for me, my ethos on just life is never to worry about the past or kind of blame it for anything you do. It's right. kind of, you can't change yesterday. Right. You can't change yesterday. You can only really change the here and now and try your best to plan for the future. So I always try and look at life in that through that lens, really, of, uh, yeah. you know, not dwelling on the past too much. I can yeah. tell the story, but I try not to let it affect me day to day. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's good, man. That's, that's a great mindset to have. I, I was talking with uh, one of my other guests about leveraging, leveraging your, your, your personal story. You know, the, the person that we are today, the good, bad, and the ugly makes us up of who we are today. And yes, we've had, you know, these, uh, these, uh, traumas and, and things in, uh, our life, but they don't define us who we are, you know, and you use them to become the person that you want to be. And you have definitely done that, bro. So I love that mindset. It's a very healthy uh, mindset. I appreciate that. And maybe also it's because my father was of a generation where um, things were slightly different. You know, he never left the house without a shirt and tie on. Yeah. He was very well-groomed, very respectful. Um, You know, he was a gentleman of his day. So maybe too much of a gentleman with the women, but you know, that's just uh, part of who he was. He was a salesman um, and uh, yeah, a very successful man in his day. And yeah. I, I miss him a lot. We were very close as in friends. It wasn't quite the normal father and son relationship. Really? Um, and he took an interest in my, not, not, no, <laughs> um, it was an interesting one. He kind yeah. of spoke to me about life and the world and relationships in a way that maybe you shouldn't talk to a child. But I had, again, I, I learned to, uh, have those adult conversations at a young age. So maybe right. it did me some good. I don't know. But, yeah. Good, 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 man. I, I love yeah, it though, it's, man. It's hard I mean, to be able to relate to kids, <laughs> <laughs> relate to people your own age when you're being, having experiences like that, you know? Yeah. They were in school playing on those Tamagotchis and uh, I was uh, dealing with what I was at home. So it was yeah. a bit of a bit of a, an isolated kind of childhood, really. Yeah, I kind of yeah. just uh, went to school, kept my head down and didn't really do a lot. Didn't make many friends at the time. Yeah. But bro, it, I mean, it propelled you, brother. I mean, it made it made you who you are. Dude, I mean, you you have some amazing accomplishments uh, in the body, build, bodybuilding world. And you you place uh, second place title uh, in the 2015 British NABBA. What was that like, man? It was, wow, it took a while to get there. Um, I started off in the regional shows. I won the Mr. West Country, which is a region in, in, in the UK. And then I moved uh, to the Midlands, which um, I did the NABBA Pro-Am in 2017. And I won that as well. But I mean, don't get me wrong, a couple of the shows I started off, I didn't place as high as I would have liked, but it's a learning experience, you right. know? And I was always taught, again, maybe by my father, he said, you know, never look at failure as being something that is a negative. Look at it as a, an opportunity to learn and then do a little bit better the next time. So it's a lesson. It's like you're you're learning all the time. So the failure is not a failure. Don't use the word. It's more about just learning, learning and and understanding that you're never going to win. No matter what you try in life, you're never going to be the best at it straight away. We know this. If you tried learning another language, um, you're going to be terrible at it in the beginning, aren't you? So it's like anything with bodybuilding. It's the same unless you're very lucky to have a lot of support and coaching from from the very start it's unlikely you're going to win your first competition right. so 
the first few shows were an experience. You know, there was times where the tan was dripping off me because I put too much on and the oil and all this stuff. And I didn't pump up correctly. And there was, you know, just all sorts of things. And the routine was a bit all over the place. Um, And sometimes the federations wouldn't get the music quite right. So I kind of didn't know what to do next when the music didn't come on at the right time for my routine and all that sort of stuff. And, but it's, it's interesting because you're being judged Mm -hmm. so you have to really perform Mm -hmm. i think it turns you into a little bit of a performer which helps in some ways in other jobs like for example with sales you know what i do now with marketing with um anything that's customer facing you have to perform to get results and it teaches you to be that performer so when you get out on that stage you know you don't you're not you you're who the judges want you to be you're going into a bit of a kind of dream world it's, it's an interesting experience like when a comedian gets up and does their act you know or actor they tend to go into this other kind of like personality right. and it happens and, and you not everyone does it but that was what i did and i came out and i tried to be as confident as i could and you've got these panel of guys and girls like women watching you you know they've got their little boards and they're looking at you but you try not to focus on them just look at the lights don't look at anybody because that will <laughs> set your nerves going um but the second place to answer your question is a, it's a long answer, but I had to go through those periods of learning from the results I didn't quite want to get. And then eventually out of 25 very big guys that were, you know, seasoned bodybuilders, I managed right. to get just in the right proportions and conditions to, to come top three. And the second place, I was half a point away from winning in 2015, the, uh, the Mr. Britain for the NABA title, which was, um, well, it, you know, it's frustrating. I, I, quite nearly got there but uh i was beaten by the, by a better man at the, t- at the time so uh, wow, yeah, wow. but i enjoyed it i loved every minute of it and, yeah uh, man the only thing i've got a lot of trophies i can't store anywhere very easily <laughs> so, <laughs> wow man yeah you know what they let's talk about dust. that more you you, you talked about and, and one of the things that you've uh, i've heard you say is that you believe that there is a um a half a point or a one percent performance improvement difference or that separates first place and second place man that i want to talk about that because you know oftentimes you know it's it's to operate in in a peak performance uh mindset it, it requires such discipline and hard work and tenacity. And I, everyone doesn't possess that, you know? How does a person uh, get there? How What pushed you uh, to get there? And even though that, you know, you lost by half a percent, but still, or half a point, I mean, tell us how does a person get to operate at that level? Um, I think it's different for everyone. I mean, from my own personal story, I think if I'm honest with you, I had a lot to prove and maybe sometimes I still do to myself mm-hmm. um, because of, again, might be something to do with the childhood and the background I come from. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes if you have something to prove in some ways, again, it, it sounds like it's a negative, but it's not always a negative. Right. What if you can turn it into just pure determination? You know, you are, you have, it's an affirmation. You, you focus in your mind of what you want to achieve mm-hmm. and you just each day constantly remind yourself of why you're doing what you're doing. You know, mm-hmm. why are you going to the gym? Why are you switching off your emotions to food? Because I had to do that. And that's another trick I can talk about is mm. with the nutrition mm. i say a lot of people are emotionally attached to food mm-hmm. and that's a problem you know they eat when they're sad or they eat when they want to enjoy themselves they, they they gorge and unfortunately if you do want to have a certain type of physique and you've got to watch what you put in your mouth you mm. really do you have to be conscious of what you're eating it's right. so important and uh if you can learn to not 
be emotionally attached to food, it's very, very powerful if you want to excel physically, whether that be if you want to get to a certain weight to do uh, a marathon even, it doesn't have to be to build muscle. Right. But that's one of the things I learned is that I'd had no emotional attachment to food. I just ate for function and I weighed out what I needed to eat. My fat intake, my carb intake, protein obviously was the most important thing at the time. Um, and I just stuck at it and it's just a consistency thing. And I think it becomes a habit. You turn it into a habit. They say if you do something for more than 90 days, yep. it just becomes part of a habit right. forming. So I think once you can break that barrier and it becomes a habit of training the regime, the food, and also the supplements as well, then, you know, you'd be surprised what you can achieve. Uh, obviously, yeah, genetics yeah. comes into it. You know, it's, it's well. funny, Mary, because that, that really resonates with me. You know, I mean, I'm not a bodybuilder, but I'm a fitness enthusiast. You know, I've been working out for for many years. I'm still an avid, you know, gym goer. Uh, and one of the things that I personally struggle with is um, allowing my body to, to change dramatically for me like you know you're you're physically a, a big guy naturally a big guy uh i am not physically a big guy you know i can i can put some size on but you know my bone structure is small um <laughs> you know my weight i in, in american uh, uh um uh pounds i'm you know i average about 195 to 200 right and that's like the peak of my of my of my of my uh, the weight but i i I, I, I struggle with the discipline of, of the nutrition because if I, if I get below 195 pounds, it really does, it messes with my head, right? It messes with my head. And, and I haven't been able to make that transition to allow my, my, my physique to be at its peak, um, in terms of, you know, my body fat percentage, uh, and, uh, you know, my lean muscle mass, because I, I struggle with, with that. What kind of advice can, can you give me and the listeners that, that struggle with that? You talked about not having that, that, uh, that relationship or that mind connection with, with food. Uh, can you talk about that just for a second? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a few, it, it's tough, you know, I mean, I would say there's a few tricks that you can do if you're somebody that craves, um, it's also a lot to do with blood sugar as well. Mm -hmm. So you do need to regulate and keep your protein high and look into what kind of food you need to be eating for your blood type. It's worth getting an allergy test and getting a test to find out that you're eating the right things and you're not eating things that are disrupting you mm. um, when it comes to internally. So always find mm -hmm. out what you're meant to be eating. Um, but there's also some very useful kind of snacking that you can do, which is healthy. For example, if you've not got an allergy, nuts is a very good way mm -hmm. to get the right amount of fats in mm -hmm. and then curb those cravings. But it's something that's healthy. Um, a friend of mine actually uh, sent me some of this popcorn. It's like a healthy popcorn. Um, I can't remember the name of it now, but it's uh, very low calorie. Okay. And it's surprisingly nice, uh, even though it's a healthy popcorn. It's it, And it's quite, you know, Moorish, and, but it's only 100 calories per bag. Right. You know, but it does take away that kind of like anxiousness of wanting to eat. Um, and I would always say stay hydrated as much as possible because a lot of the reasons why people get hungry is because they're dehydrated as well, which right. they don't realize. Um, so that's the three tips really nutritionally wise of what I could suggest with switching off your emotions to food. That is just really kind of swapping that emotion you have with food with something else. Right. You know, so whatever it might be that you enjoy, try and spend more time doing those things and just you know, try and avoid it. I would say as well, things like caffeine, coffee. Right. And fluids, again, are going to be a healthy replacement if you can have them um, to not crave, 
eating. Uh, chewing right. gum is another good one. Just that act of chewing right. will actually help with just distracting you from thinking, I'm going to grab that chocolate bar. I'm going to have that sweet thing. For sure. So there's lots of, ta- there's lots of strategies to help. Yeah. There really is. Um, but also it depends on your goals. If you've got a goal in mind that you really want to achieve, then that's why personal trainers tend to do with a lot of ladies that, that are bigger that want to lose weight. If they're going and they need to be a bridesmaid, for example, right. you know, they know they've got to lose the weight that they want to for that wedding. Like that's a goal that they've got to achieve. And they, they there's studies that show that they lose a lot more weight with that goal in mind than they would just go into a personal trainer and saying, mm. can you put me on a six week program or an eight mm. week program? Yeah. If it's at the end of that eight week program, they've got that bridal dress they've got to wear or whatever it might be, bridesmaid, you know, then they're going to put that much more effort focus on because they've got to achieve that goal. So I'd always say set a goal for yourself, Yeah. whether it be put a picture on your fridge of what you want to look like or a picture of you when you were in the best shape you were in, Right. have it on your desktop wallpaper, have it on your mobile phone wallpaper, see it as often as you can. Right. And then that's going to subconsciously tell you that that's what I want to look like. And that's what I'm going to do to get there. And it will help, I believe. I love that, man. I, I, I love that. Yeah. You, so that's tip number one, uh, listeners, you got to have a goal, uh, put it in front of you, strive for that goal, no matter what is the goal that you, that's, that's what's important. Nothing else is important. Well, I won't say nothing else is important, but your goal is the goal is the goal. You got to strive for it no matter what. Let's talk about this, my friend. Let's talk about um, the mindset of peak performance. And we, we mentioned this earlier uh, and you talked about that difference uh, that separates first and second place um how has that translated for you over into into the business world uh you know you've you've uh you know been a professional bodybuilder now you're doing very well in the business world entrepreneurship um how has that translated and talk about that mindset uh that uh that that you have you know for uh for for business uh, yeah, well, I appreciate that. I think, again, as I think I mentioned before about, you know, if you're a child or if you're somebody younger that needs to break free from a disruptive environment, you know, focusing your consistency and your uh, discipline into a sport, mm-hmm. then when that sport is done its job, it can trans, it can, you can transform that into any part of your life, mm-hmm. you know, you really can. So that's probably for me, with the bodybuilding, with the consistency and the discipline and the competitive edge and streak that, that you develop from doing that, mm-hmm. because it's inevitable. If you're somebody who's up against other people or you're even in a team, the camaraderie, you're always going to have somebody in mind that you think, you know what, he's better than me. I want to beat him, For sure. you know, or whatever it might be. And it's a healthy competition. It should be. For sure. And it's the same in the business world. You know, you enter the business world, you might start off for me, for example, on the phones doing telesales. I hated it. When I first started doing it, I was sweaty. I was nervous. I didn't want to ring people. I was just felt uncomfortable. And then over a period of time, you start to keep doing the same thing. You get better at it. You start to learn your own ways of doing it. And then you start looking at other people in the office. You start hearing their results. They start getting the claps in the office and the cheers. And you look over and you mm-hmm. see someone winning an award for their salesmanship mm-hmm. or whatever it might be, you know? And that gave me that urge then to think, you know what, I want to be that guy. I want to be the one who wins the award in the next few months. So I'm going to do everything I can to try and be the best I can at what I'm doing. Even though the job at the time, it wasn't the best job in the world. It was just a tele sales job, but I started to become the best I could. And then eventually I started to beat other people and I started to then manage a team and I was teaching other people my strategies on how to communicate, how to objection handle. And it's just snowballed from there. And people started recognizing 
my physical kind of attributes from the bodybuilding mm. that I was applying the same sort of level of discipline within the company and mm. that was impressing them and that was giving me opportunities to climb the ladder. So, and that can again move on to having your own business, which I started doing as well um, and learning other skills. And again, if you can take the same self-discipline and consistency and you can apply it to your routines of what you need to do for business each day and also the healthy lifestyle helps massively because if you're sleeping correctly, you're able to focus. Right. If you're eating the right foods, you don't get the crashes. You don't feel the lulls when after you have a food, you start want to have a nap or you don't feel the sudden rush and then a come down from having too many overstimulants. So you, you're just balancing things out correctly. Right. But sleep is extremely important as well. That's undervalued massively, I think, with a lot of people that work in business, you know, because they're overthinking all the time and they're not allowing themselves to rest. Right. Um, so again, if, if you're able to apply that, it will make a huge difference in your performance yeah. with other parts of your life. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but it sounds like that you meant you've, you you had some, number one, you said definable goals uh, that you wanted to achieve. And then you had some, some fuel, uh, you know, based on things that you experienced in your childhood that helped you to be, uh, to have that mental fortitude. How, how does a person that, you know, that, that struggles with that mental fortitude because of, you know, life experiences or maybe a lack of resources or, um, you know, just whatever it may be, how does a person go from having that average mindset to having the mindset of peak performance? What, what are some, what are some things that they can implement like right today, uh, that can help them start making that mental transition? I would say, Evaluate who is negative around you mm -hmm. and if you can avoid them as much as possible. Mm -hmm. It's not always easy, but I would always say people who drag you down, people who are influencing you to, you know, follow their path, which is a bad path. And everyone knows that everyone can can think to themselves, I don't I shouldn't really be associating with this person, I shouldn't be listening to this person. Mm -hmm. And just try and avoid negativity as much as possible. And then I would say, depending on where you live and depending on you know your environment and your community look for people that are older that are positive that have done well and uh. just try and reach out or help and do something for them offer to work for them or even if it's just to do something for free to help them to help you learn a new skill right even if you say to that person look you know i'd like your advice i would love to be where you are one day i would say a lot of people that have succeeded love to hear that kind of that kind of thing said to them and, and you'd be surprised how many people will reach out and say yeah sure I'll, I'll have a chat with you i can talk to you about it i can give you some advice right. and just take advice from people that that have done well that are you know older that have you know and and see what happens you're going to get rejected there's going to be people who say i'll oh, leave me alone i don't want to talk to you but there's also going to be more often than not people who will naturally want to help and it only takes that one person that one person to take you under their wing like the guy from poland did right. with me to just give you that kickstart and that motivation and it can change the entire course of your life right it can open up doors of opportunities for work it can open up different communities to be part of it can open up everything yeah. because relationships can form future late relationships when you become you know more successful you start mixing in more positive circles it, it just opens up everything right so I, that's the advice i would say is just try and cut out as much negativity and also be careful with this as well. Be careful with what you see on a mobile phone. Absolutely. Be careful with the social media. Absolutely. And the negative news and try and avoid that because unfortunately we're all consumers of 
the negative social media campaigns that are out there because you know negativity is what sells and what gets the clicks and the views yeah um so it's not going to do anyone any favors (laughs) yeah so i think that's a problem with a lot of young people now is the social media world definitely I completely agree with that, my friend. Completely agree with that. So, so the so the so the advice that you are giving here is number one to get rid of the negati- negativity, uh, be it social media or people in your life. Man, that that can be a tough one. I think both of those are pretty uh, difficult for people to do. You know, you got people who who you love, uh, but they may not be your champion, <laughs> right? And you may have fun around them, or they may you know they may feel a certain you know void in your life. They may make you laugh. I don't know, but if if they're not in your corner and they're they're your champion, um, you know it's time time to to reevaluate those those relationships. So cut out the negativity, and then you, I like what you said is you know find a mentor, someone that has done what you're trying to do, uh, that can help you level up, get you to that next place. I I love it, I love it, I love it. So so a peak performance mindset is definitely possible for anyone. Is that correct? Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, of course it is. It's it's a choice that people make. You know, if if people were to sit down on the edge of their bed, if they were depressed and they were, you know, really worried about things, but they actually sat down and thought, right, what can I change mm. now? What can I do that's very small that's going to help me? You know, I'm, everyone can think of something. Mm. Everyone can, I'm sure, think of something that they can do that will make a slightly more positive impact on their life. Uh, and if not, I mean, there's a lot of resources now. I mean, there's a lot of, especially on YouTube, for example. You know options and things you can watch and and lectures and people that you can follow that will help inspire you to just make those changes you know um that that's just what i recommend we're we're in an age where we've got information at our fingertips we've got an answer to everything within you know 10 seconds of typing on our phones or on our computers you know we can find what we need if we need help yeah i just think people need to just do a bit of research and and just you know look for what they want to do find some meaning in life and there's a lot of ways you can find meaning yeah. you know especially by helping others but help yourself first get your get your house in order as they say yeah. make your bed as is you know certain people talk about and it's just make sure that <laughs> you try and change yeah exactly wake up in the morning make your bed clean make your, your bed. room you know like get yourself in order yeah 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 it's very important and people laugh at it and they're like well you know it's what difference is that going to make but the messy bed in the morning is the messy mind and the messy mind that's is what's the gonna, truth you know, man that's such a powerful from... principle man it's it's very yeah. true it's very true. It's about accomplishing things in the day. And that's you. That's your first accomplishment. You know, where you wake up healthy, thank God for life, health, and strength, but make up that bed. <laughs> make up that bed. Exactly. Also too, man, I, li- I like what you said about, you know, uh, you know, taking uh, steps. And a lot of times it's about making micro goals for yourself. You know, uh, the, the problem that a lot of people have in, in implementing change into their life is they, you know, they create these very lofty goals for themselves. And and, you know, uh, let's just say, you know, I want to lose, you know, 30 pounds uh, in 30 days. That's a very lofty goal, you know, uh, and it's probably not healthy to do that. But, you know, if you, you break that up and say, you know, what, I want to lose uh, 10 pounds in the next, you know, uh, three weeks. Uh, and you take those baby steps, micro goals, and you celebrate the wins uh, every step of the way. And it's 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 changing the way that you view 
yourself and how you are able to accomplish things because a lot of people don't have confidence in themselves, you know, uh, because of social media, because of the negative relationships that they have, they just don't, they don't feel really good about themselves. And if you can take a micro goal or take a goal and break it up into micro goals and you celebrate, I mean, really celebrate every accomplishment. And before you know it, you look back and you've, you, you've made these milestones and these benchmarks, uh, to help you get to where you're going to go. Yeah, I love it. That's exactly right. And I'll tell you something uh, else, which is is a personal story. I mean, I when I was a child, like I said before, I was a very nervous kid. I couldn't eat in front of people. You Mm. know, I used to when I was eating because if there was people around, I would feel nauseous. You know, I'd feel Mm. a bit sick. I was just nervous. You know, sweaty hands, all that sort of stuff. Um, And I forced myself when I worked in this leisure center to start eating in the canteen where there was people around. Mm. Um, And it was horrible. You know, I first started doing it. There was everyone talking, and I was just I don't know. But after making myself more comfortable with being uncomfortable Mm. i started to be all right with it and then i started to just be able to swallow my food eat my food chat to people Mm. and it took some time but again you know that's something that i had to deal with i had to deal with my nerves and overcome my own anxiety and then obviously with the, the the physical stuff and with the bodybuilding and actually interacting with people in the gym and the whole physical side of it that kind of gained my confidence as well so there's lots of ways people can gain confidence through accomplishing something that they do yeah. and just you know again just baby steps micro wins like yeah. you said micro kind of like actions that eventually lead to bigger goals yeah. if someone said to me when i was 15 years old you're going to be standing on the mr britain stage when you're uh, however at, well, 26 27 and you're going to really win it yeah. it's like i mean i would have just laughed at him and said, there's no chance of that yeah. like, it's not going to happen you know but it, it, it happened because i wanted it to happen as soon as i started beating those goals getting to that point where I'd overcome the issues. And then I thought, right, what's next? You know, and like I said, people come into your life and they can inspire you and you've just got to get out there and start talking to them. A lot of good people out there, a lot of people who would help you. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. You know, it's so, it's so easy to, to get swallowed up in, uh, our insecurities and, uh, our fears. It's so easy to get swallowed up. You know, they can become all encompassing sometimes and fear. It's, 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 a, it's a, it's a showstopper, you know? Um, uh, and, and it sounds like to me that you were able to, uh, to embrace, uh, those fears and you utilize those things and you say, first of all, you recognize it and say, Hey, you know, this is something that I, I know that I need to change. I, I cannot, I can't even live a normal life, uh, being afraid to eat in front of people. And, and you, and you, you accept that about yourself and it's nothing wrong with that, right? Where, where the problem comes in is when we allow our problems to define us and we get lost in them, you know, but we all have that power, man, to, to overcome them. Exactly. No, a hundred percent. We do. Um, you know, and that's the thing with social media, you know, we, we, we need to be careful because people are also comparing themselves to hyper successful people. And a lot of it is fake, as you know, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are renting a Lamborghini, for example, you know, they've got the private jets. A lot of it's somebody else's jet. And, you know, it's, uh, that kind of stuff is affecting a lot of guys, especially now they're kind of looking at these people and they're thinking, wow, I need to be doing this i need to be achieving this yeah you know but it's 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 materialistic stuff isn't gonna isn't what's gonna make you happy either nope. you know and you've again you've just got to look at your own life and you've got to like you said set those micro goals and then eventually the big stuff will happen if you want it to yeah. you just got to manifest it as well you've got to keep setting those goals yeah yeah 
Dude, that's a, that's a true truth, man. I mean, even for myself, you know, uh, you know, looking at uh, pictures of fitness enthusiasts, you know, you only post the good stuff, right? <laughs> you only post when you're in season and, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're all dialed in with your diet and, you know, your, your, your body fat percentage is very low. That's when you post on social media. Uh, and <laughs> it's so easy to get caught up in that, you know, that's the reality for people, but it's, it's not, you know? And so, you know, if I Find your own lane. You got to find your lane, find out what works best for you. And you work that to, to, to the best of your ability and be the best of who you have been created to be, you know? So that's going to segue, man, into our next uh, um, uh, topic here. And we've kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, but, you know, you have a philosophy on embracing failure uh, as a key to success. <clears throat> and 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 you, you say, that, uh, you know, you believe you can, you never really overcome your fear, but instead you learn to embrace your fears as a key motivator. So talk about that. And we just talked about it, but how does a person do that? You know, so a person that's, you know, fearful of, um, you know, I mean, I know people who are, uh, don't want to go to the gym. They want to work out, but they're afraid to go to the gym because they are afraid of how people are going to look at them. You know, uh, and that's just that's a very small example. But people who are dealing with fears, um, how do they embrace those fears and how do they leverage them uh, to to motivate them to get to the next thing? Well, actually, I think that's a good point about the gym. And I can I can give you a kind of strategy on how I believe people should should overcome that. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, uh, there's a lot of women out there and I've spoken to them. They feel uncomfortable if they put on some weight mm -hmm. and they don't want to go where all the young girls or the other girls that are in shape are going to be judging them. When, to be honest with you, that isn't really the case. You know, a lot of the time people are in the gym just doing their own thing. It's just because it's a wide open space and everyone's looking at each other right. or it seems that way. Right. Um, I've always said, you know, the best thing to do is to train at times where it's quiet. First of all, mm -hmm. try and get there or do a class. If you do a class, then you're surrounded by other people that are focused on the instructor. They're not focused at looking at each other and things like that. So that will help introduce somebody into that environment with a group of other people without feeling like they're being judged. Mm -hmm. And then over time, again, start going when it's busier and then eventually maybe start going with somebody else who's a bit more experienced. Right. So again, finding that mentor, finding somebody who has already been to the gym a few times, who's already experienced, and then you kind of, bouncing off each other and then over time you will learn just to be able to go on your own and you'll be more and more confident and obviously the more times you go the more times hopefully that other parts of your life will fit in with that and you'll start getting the results you want and it's the same with a lot of other things you do you know if you start a new job some people are very fearful about interviews right. but the more that they do that the better they become you've just got to try and break through that initial first step, you know, which is hard, but it gets easier every time. And then eventually you embrace and you actually enjoy being interviewed. You enjoy being challenged and having these conversations and you turn into the interviewer. You end up asking questions to the person who's interviewing you and flipping it around. For sure. And that is a strategy that I've taught people in the past as well. You know, so um, that's the kind of examples If that's a good enough example of kind of how I would recommend anyone overcome fears is just to very slowly as slowly as they can manage yeah. make themselves feel slightly uncomfortable but it doesn't have to be all in at all it can just be little movements towards yeah. that yeah overcoming that obstacle yeah and anyone can achieve anything it's just a matter of time yeah. you know be patient with yourself don't put too much pressure on 
how long it takes either you know that's another thing that people might do they might feel like giving up because oh no i tried it a couple of times i just still feel uncomfortable right you know and it's like well no you just 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 take your time no one's rushing you for this stuff you know just and that's patience is is very important with anything like this um and And you know it's it's important to know too that we all deal with fear on some level everybody deals with fear it's it's not unique to one person it's everybody deals with fear but how you handle it is what separates it's that it's that point one percent that separates first and second place right how you handle the fear and and sometimes we can get people get caught up in you know i'm just so fearful or uh i i i'm gonna fail at this and they don't really they don't they live in a bubble thinking that i'm the only one that struggles with this and it's not true i mean if you look at the best of the best lance armstrong you look at you know kobe bryant you look at you know uh uh you know all these athletes that um that have accomplished what they've accomplished they still deal with fear on on some level i know i know uh keynote speakers that uh have been doing it for a very long time and they say before i go on stage i get afraid but they've learned to hone that that fear and use it to be hey you know what i'm in control my fear is not in control of me but i'm in control of it and you leverage it Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Control is also extremely important word to be, to be, to emphasize on this. Definitely. It's yeah, learning to be in control of your emotions is best way you can as well. Mm-hmm. Not let it overcome you hundred yeah. percent. And you can do it. It just takes time. It takes some practice, but practice makes perfect. And it, and it trust me, it does hum, happen. And another thing I would say is if anyone who's struggling, just communicate, mm-hmm. try your best to talk about what you're thinking mm-hmm. and feeling and fearing mm-hmm. in life to somebody who's going to be understanding and, and actually give you advice on it. But just be, don't be frightened to speak up, you know, no matter what it is, because if you bottle things up, that can really damage you over time. For I believe sure. that communication is extremely important. For sure. For sure. For sure. Man. So let's talk about this. Uh, this is kind of a new term uh, that is, has surfaced. Um, let's talk about imposter syndrome. Um, you know, when you look at the definition of it, man, it's, it, uh, a lot of people deal with this. Talk about imposter syndrome and uh, how does one identify it and how can you overcome uh, I, an imposter syndrome? Well, imposter syndrome is, is basically where you don't feel good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you, you've been employed in a role or you've been asked to do something and you don't feel like you're up to the task and you feel like a bit of a phony. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel like you're kind of being told that you are something you're not and that's i think again it's just an insecurity thing it's it's it what it is it's all about self-doubt and so and disbelief in what you can achieve and what you really are right um and yeah i've suffered it a few times you know i've i've before i've walked out on stage i felt like i don't this i can't do this right. you know this isn't i'm not going to win this because i'm not good enough and then suddenly i i, I you know luckily have had first place a couple of times and <laughs> you, you just don't realize but yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It depends on like the industry or what you're doing and what you're asked to do. Um, but it's part of being human. You know, we all a lot of us self doubt. Mm-hmm. A lot of us have self doubt. Um, and you know, there is strategies to help yourself overcome it. It's just realizing that you are important and that you are worthy mm-hmm. and you are able to achieve. You just have to have a little bit more self confidence in yourself. Right. You know, and um, Sometimes, again, it's always good to reach out to somebody who's been there, done that and had the experience to help have a mentor 
in making you believe what you're able to achieve. Right. You know, that's another thing I would say. Right, right. Right. And you know, you, you gave the tip and strategy uh, for this earlier. Um, would, would, and, I, and I know already know the answer to this, to this question, but would you say that, that, that social media has is, is the, is the culprit uh, in, in imposter syndrome? Uh, because I mean, like you said, man, we, I mean, we, we look at the lives of other people and what they've accomplished and, you know, how they're presenting themselves on social media. And it's like, I'm never going to be able to obtain that as I can never, ever do that. Would you say that social media has, has played a very key role in, uh, in, in, in that particular issue? Yeah, a hundred percent. Uh, it's become the, uh, it's become the comparison era, you know, it really is because, you know, before social media, people weren't comparing themselves because you didn't have the the constant flood of information and, you know, the the constant um, barrage of people just showing off or proving or trying to show what they are. You know, it's just constant all the time on social media. Uh, And like you say, people don't tend to talk about the bad times, the arguments, you yep. know, the, the, the stuff that real life is all about, you know, the struggles and the stresses that they have. Right. They only put on, in general, the wins and a lot of the things that make them look good. A lot of it's a bit of ego massaging with social media. Yeah. You know, it's um, it, I don't think it's healthy. I think it in moderation, if you're following accounts that you can learn skills, I think that's important. I think that's where I would look at who you're following and the kind of pages you're following and the algorithms and just maybe delete the app, reset it, you know, unfollow some stuff yeah. that's going to just make you feel depressed or angry. A lot of the things that are going on in the world, you know, there's a few of my friends, um, one's uh, Islamic friend of mine, and he gets very upset at what's happening over in, you know, the Middle East yeah. now at the moment, obviously with Gaza and everything. And I've said to him, just don't try not to watch it. I said, unfortunately, my friend, you cannot change that's it right. as an individual, but the way you're watching this stuff and it's horrendous and you know it really upsets me when i've seen some of the things the videos coming from it and but what's it what can we do you know and i said to him if if you didn't watch it what difference would it make to it actually happening not a lot it would just make you would not feel so bad and that wouldn't affect the people around you because you wouldn't be telling them and they wouldn't be getting upset and it just spreads that negativity and that sadness spreads and it's the same with, with a lot of things to do with uh, social media, anything uh, confrontational. You know, people are just absorbing this stuff. Right. And um, it's not healthy, I don't think at all. I really yeah. don't think it is. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you, my friend. And, you know, again, you know, surround yourself with, with people uh, and 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 uh, things that are really lifting you up and helping you have the right mindset. Uh, that's super super key. Social media. I mean, it's 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 great in some regards. There's you know it's it's an educational tool. Uh, it's it can be a motivator, but it can also be you know very it can be detrimental to 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 just us as as human beings. And so we're not you know we're not. Um, we're not negating the the importance of social media because it is it, it can it can be a very you know useful tool like you know with our podcast it's a very useful tool but again you know use it in moderation and be very be be aware of your propensities you know the things that make you feel less than yourself the the things that you look at that make you feel less than yourself and you start you're in control of getting rid of those negative uh, 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 things in your life to get on that path to having a peak performance mindset because like you said earlier joe it's about getting rid of the negativity first that's that's how you start to operating at a, at a higher higher level 
right? <clears throat> exactly. Thought, thoughts or feelings. Yeah. yeah. It's whatever you input and the information you're feeding your mind and what you're seeing is going to affect your feelings yeah. one way or another. So if you want to optimize your feelings for growth, positivity, happiness, joy, yeah. then do your best to absorb the information that makes you feel like that, whatever it might be. Yeah. You know, some people get joy out of just, you know, they're animals, they're pets. Yeah. You know, some people get joy out of, uh, you know, playing computer games, you know, for example, yeah. whatever, you know, whatever your thing is that you enjoy doing, spend more time when you are feeling a bit negative and a bit sad and down, are focusing on the small things that bring you that positivity in your mind. And it will just help optimize your mind for thinking about stuff that's going to help you develop and grow, right. you know, in the future, whether it be in your relationships, whether it be in, you know, your, your business and your career um, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. How I've always for the last few years, it's helped me a lot. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And I get, and you know, I guarantee you, if you do that, you take that advice, you're going to see things start to change for you. Your mentality is going to change. The energy is going to change. The atmosphere is going to change, which causes things to shift in your favor. I love it. I love it. And we got about 10 minutes, 10 to 12 minutes left. And I want to have this conversation with you um, because, you know, you, you, you've talked about this in, in your bio and it's the unspoken conversation of male insecurity and mental health. Um, man, mental health is on the uprise, uh, you know, uh, and, and I, I'm not sure if it's because of technology that, you know, we're more aware of it now, but there seems to be so many syndromes and so many fears and so many insecurities that are coming at us at light speed pace. Um, let's talk first about that un, that unspoken conversation uh, with male insecurity, body dysmorphia uh, specifically. What's your philosophy, first of all, uh, on this topic? And then we're going to dig into it here just uh, just a little bit. Uh, it's huge. I mean, you know, obviously with, um, again, social media, uh, with a lot of the influencers, a lot of people that are and I can't say too much about this because I'm, you know, in relatively good shape still, even now, and I'm I'm approaching forty. Um, but it's it's a choice you make to to sort of sacrifice a lot to do that. Mm. But you know, it does create this kind of um, insecurity with a lot of men that they aren't physically uh, where they should be, and it's it's not. I think being healthy is more important than how you look. Mm. I think that the health aspect is obviously linked and you know mm -hmm. there is a a point where you've got to be an ideal certain weight in between you know not being too overweight or not being too underweight right. um and things like that but i think people become too obsessed with it and I, but i think um the mental health stuff is if i'm honest with you in my opinion due to a lot of technology and a lot of technical advances now um and yes we're talking about it more but i don't know whether we're not talking about the solutions as much as we should right. be. I think what what's the solution to right, it? You know? Right, right, right. Highlighting what's out there is is fine and uh, labeling everybody and all this stuff. But I'm thinking, well, let's look at a solution. Number one, why is it happening? We kind of know why. What can we do about it? Mm -hmm. You know, that's um, what I would like to hear more of. I don't know what you think, Dana. But, uh, yeah, I I, compl I completely agree with you, man. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's all about the outside influences. You know, of course, and we talked about this earlier. 
that it, you know, the, the things that we experience as a child, it really does form us, uh, in, into the adult that we are today. It shapes our thinking, it shapes, it shapes our, our perspectives. Um, but it's also about outside influences. And I think one of the things that's really helped me, um, uh, in, in the battle with, uh, mental health is first of all, knowing myself, being aware of my propensities, what, what makes me feel uh, a certain way. Right. And it, it's a, it becomes abusive to me if I continue to allow myself uh, to experience certain things or look at certain things or go certain places if it makes me feel less than I think I should feel about myself, right? So that's that's the first thing for me. And I, I think that's a, that's a great, um, um, uh, it's a great um, mindset to have just for people in general, but especially for, for, for men, you know, there's so much responsibility, uh, on, on the man, uh, as providers and as thinkers and, you know, just being the, the strong image, uh, in, in, in life. Uh, and when we, when we don't really understand our makeup, we don't understand our, 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 you know, our, uh, just our, the way that we, uh, you know, see how we see life. Uh, first of all, that's a huge detriment, right? Because like you have, it's like you have no solution for, for the problem, right? So for me is first understanding, okay, what, what makes me tick who I am and then doing the things like you mentioned earlier, doing the things that, that make me feel better, that make me feel good, right? So mental health, I mean, there's so many forms of it. Um, but you know, if you're, if you're a person that's always dealing with a negative self image or depression or sadness, that's a mental disorder that, that can be changed. And, and, and again, it's about, you know, understanding, you know, what those, those influences are, are for me. Right. Uh, and then again, you know, doing what I can to make the necessary adjustments to, to whatever that is. I agree. Yeah. Watch the, a lot of people as well. Alcohol is a big problem. Um, and it's not, I'm not just saying that because of my yeah. mother. I do also know that it's just huge. It really does. Even in moderation, it can affect over time, you know, the way that you are comprehending life, the way that you deal with things, you know, everything. It's, it's just, again, if you can avoid it as much as, I'm not telling people not to drink, but for me, um, you just need to be really careful of your alcohol consumption. And, you know, again, with diet, it, it's a big part of optimizing your mind. Um, hormonal hormonal issues as well come mm -hmm. into play. I think a lot of men these days are suffering with low mm -hmm. testosterone, especially after a certain age. And they're not, it's not um, pushed in the mainstream, shall I say, to encourage men of a certain age to increase their testosterone because it's linked with this newfangled toxic right. masculinity kind of stuff that I'm right. hearing about. Uh, and I'm bit, again, that's another, you know, buzzword, but, uh, you know, for me, it's really important. I think that testosterone is what makes men, you know, deal with things in a, a bit more of a structured way over the top testosterone, of course, can lead right. to aggression and, and other problems. But I think if your testosterone is where it should be, um, and not suppressed with whatever substances you're putting in or whatever diet you have or how you're yeah. living your life. I think it can make a big make a big difference, and also just understanding your role as a man. I mean, what is a man now? You know, I mean, things have changed. Like the the roles of a man aren't quite what they traditionally right. used to be. So that can be confusing for a lot of guys. They don't know their place mm -hmm. in the world mm -hmm. so much now. Um, and again, media, social media influence, 
um, whatever's being propagated is may- maybe making men feel a bit nervous about being a man and, and being masculine, um, which is a shame because I think masculinities can be very Absolutely. positive. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah, what yeah. sets us apart. Protect you know? and serve. And... It, it, that's the gender yeah, distinction. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> you know, or that's well, one of the markers yeah, of gender it. distinction. That's all of the subject. But... <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so... Exactly. <laughs> So, uh, so, so, so for men That's that a topic are, we can have a whole other podcast about. What's that? <clears throat> the gender thing is a topic for another podcast. That's another podcast, my another, friend. Another interest. <laughs> another. We'll get a lot of hate mail, but it's okay. Yeah. You know, there you got to stand up for right, uh, right? <laughs> there has to be some pushback. <laughs> so, 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 let's talk about exactly. a couple other things. I have a couple more questions I'm going to ask you. I'm going to give us another five minutes. Um, <clears throat> So how, how, what do you believe, uh, is, uh, the key to success? What has been your key to success? Oh, that's an interest. That's a, that's a, well, as a, that's a big answer for a short question there. I'm not sure I would say, <laughs> well, my, my thing is progress demands sacrifice. That's one of the sayings I've used a lot. Mm. So for me, I've had to sacrifice having a social life. Um, I've had to sacrifice, mm going out with the lads the stuff that i would enjoy the impulses the pleasures that most people just act on impulse to do mm. i've had to sacrifice that to get where i need to be you know i needed to stay in when everyone was going out and you know not drink not party because i had gym in the morning i had to eat my foods that i needed to eat i couldn't just have a mcdonald's on a, a kebab on a friday and saturday night and, and just have that whole lifestyle of just carefree live my life how I want. If I had a goal in mind, I had to do what I needed to do. So for me, the key to success, if you really want something bad enough, you've got to, you've got to figure out how to get there, which, you know, you can sit down and think about what you've got to do. And then you've got to really just stick to it consistently. And you've not got to let temptation get in the way Mm. of your goal because everyone is surrounded by temptation. We've got temptations to spend hours on our phone each day. We've got temptations to, act in all sorts of ways that we shouldn't be that are immoral you know we can we've got alcohol at the nearest 7-eleven as you guys have got in the u.s yeah. and or whatever you know the, the shop the nearest stores yeah. we can buy booze we can get you know so it's like and cigarettes whatever it might be or drugs i mean you know yeah. it, depending on where you live it's it's very easily accessible yeah. um and i think a lot of people now because they are encouraged to be looking at negativity they're more stressed and depressed they're looking for an outlet they're looking for an escape so the, these temptations are growing and there are more and more people are using those temptations to escape reality they want to live in a fantasy world they don't want to deal with reality because it's too too negative for them too disruptive so again if you tear yourself away from the negative stuff and you focus on your goal and you sacrifice the stuff that's going to interfere with that goal you will be successful no matter what you do 100 percent. that's so key no matter where you come from as well you and that's, I honestly believe that, yeah. you know, um, and you can do it on your own. I mean, people will come into your life because you're acting in a positive way. People will recognize that, that are of the same mindset. Yeah. You tend to attract people that you wouldn't normally think that you would attract, yeah. but they do. Yeah. They notice you. They see you in the gym lifting more than other people or lugging weights around, sweating, right. pushing yourself, or, you know, they see you focusing on something and believe me, it will, uh, it will come. You'll have that support when it's, when it's needed. Yeah. 
Man, I'm so glad you said that. I mean, that's a powerful, you know, that's, I think that's one of the strongest things that we've said today is sacrifice. You know, if you want to accomplish, you got to, you got to sacrifice. And there is so much a sacrifice that's associated with being the best of the best. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> you know, the holidays come around and you want to eat that turkey or you want to eat that stuffing. You want to eat that, uh, the pie, uh, or you want to hang out with those friends. Yeah. You got to, you got to sacrifice some of that stuff, but it has paid off for you, man. You've been able to accomplish some, I mean, what the average person does not accomplish in terms of, of bodybuilding and your entrepreneurship. What is life for Joe after bodybuilding? Let's talk about that. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I suppose it's been a bit of an adjustment. Uh, it, it was hard to, because I'm semi-retired from, from the com competition day, so I don't compete anymore. Yeah. I was considering maybe doing a show uh, in over 40s. We'll see how it goes. But um, yeah, it's been a, a challenge because I suppose I'm used to looking at myself as a certain size. I'm not quite as big as nowhere near as I was. I was not eating the same level of calories and, and all the rest of it. But I, now I'm, I'm able to relax a bit more. Yeah and um focus on other things but i'm i now need to and want to be more successful in business and that's my plan going forward is to focus my energy on achieving uh more and grow my own company as well as you know the the, the agency that i i support yeah um, which is a podcast agency just to let you guys know yeah. um so yeah and, and that's that's going really well and i think if I can become more of a voice in that industry, um, doing what I'm doing with you, Dana, and having these conversations yeah. and maybe a book's on the way, who knows? Uh, and I'm potentially coming over to the US um, over the next few months as well nice. to maybe do some talks about this kind of thing. And it'd be great for your listeners if they're around. I'll let everybody know at the time on my LinkedIn if you guys want to follow yeah, me. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Social media, yeah. What, what area will Joe be? Joe Crammond and it all pop up. Where are you going to be going to? What, what, where are the states? Uh, I think it'll be the southern states first. So it's, I think it's going to be like uh, Texas, sort of Florida, because I'm going to be based probably in Mexico. Gotcha. Um, as a, as a, as a, as an area to sort of stay and, um, uh, I'll fly in, uh, when there's events happening and things like nice. that. So it will be from the south up, um, I guess. Nice. Yeah, so wherever the events are, of course, as well. So, uh, I guess you, you're in California. I'm in you, California, right? man. I'm in, I'm on the West side. No. Yeah. I'm on the West side of the U S <laughs> on the West side. Well, hopefully, you know, I can, I can, I can come to your, uh, your side of the, of the country as well. And, um, bro, be able to meet with you. you and, be, uh, yeah, it'd be great. You know, that's the kind of plan. Really. Yeah, man. I would, bro. I would, I would love to, to meet you face to face, have you over here. Let's go to the gym. You can show me, show me the ropes, man. <laughs> show me the ropes. Let me know when you're in the, in the States, man. I'd love to connect with you. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I will do. And, uh, I think that's what it is for me. It's just building my personal brand. And then hopefully, I've got a story that people want to listen yeah. to. Some people might might not want to hear it, but other people might think, you know what, I resonate with yeah. that, you know, and it's not for everyone, but there is going to be people out there, I'm sure, that um, are a bit confused and lost it where they want to be. Um, yep. And the same as I was when I was young. And, um, you know, if, if I can help them get some sort of direction or, or traction or encourage them in some way of motivating them to just, again, not be 
uh, tempted by stuff that's going to cause them issues and try and focus and be disciplined. And that's great. That, that, that gives me a reason to, to do what I do. Absolutely. And, um, my friend, it's like giving back, isn't it? I I, I, you can help other people. I think that's, that's a real key to happiness. In yeah, life. man. Ser- serving other people. Yeah. That's the highest form of, uh, of, of, uh, of, of, of love is, is serving people, man. And I, I, I love that. I love how you're giving back. I don't want to leave today without you talking about your business because I want people to know, uh, what you do and uh, how you're doing it. And then we're going to talk about how people can reach you. So tell me about your business and, uh, let's promote that just for, for a moment. Yeah, no problem at all. Well, I've got a marketing business, um, so I can help uh, businesses with lead generation um, and optimizing their websites. But on top of that, the real important part of most marketing of any business is really the, the, the brand story and the founder story. So what I do with podcasts is I help business owners promote their business story and their personal brand by getting them onto different shows. So it's guest appearances like I'm doing with you now, yeah. Dana. They're able to speak on podcasts that resonate with their audience, whether they're engineers, whether they're in IT, fintech, crypto, leadership. Um, It's getting them on the right shows to be able to help them reach their target audience and really build an omnipresence online. So they're getting more content out there and they're building trust with potential prospects and with their audience. And that's really part of the marketing aspect of what I encourage business owners to do. So, uh, Podcast Guesting Pro is the website if anyone wants to check Podcast it out. Podcast uh, Guesting Pro. You got to check it out. You got to check it out. It's a beautiful website. It's a great platform. If you're an author, like you said, if you're, you know, if you're have a, if you have a specific uh, industry that you're in, uh, 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 Podcasting Pro is a, a resource for you that you can help promote your business and grow your, your, uh, your brand in the industry. Joe, how can people contact you, man, if they want to get get a hold of you uh so they can well if you google search because i've got an unusual surname so it's joe Craman, c-r-a-m for mother o-n for november d so if they google that it will come up with my instagram facebook and linkedin profile so by all means um add me follow me and reach out to me if you've got any questions um or if you want to collaborate in some way i'm sure we can uh, we can work something out or maybe they've got a podcast and they want me to turn up and have a chit chat like i've done yeah, with you. i mean you know who knows <laughs> but um i'd be more than welcome for an extra follower or two it'd be great so um yeah follow me on uh, awesome google me that's the thing <laughs> awesome 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 joe Kremen is in the house talking about the mindset of peak performance professional bodybuilder entrepreneur, amazing all around guy. I'm so thankful, bro, that you, uh, you know, you gave us a part of your day. It's, it's evening time in the UK and, uh, now maybe you can go and, uh, relax and, uh, and end your day on a high note. So if Life Talk Radio has been a value to you today and we've provided you with actionable strategies, please go to our website or go to our YouTube channel, find us on Spotify, Apple Music, no matter where there's a social platform life talk radio is there we want to hear from you and help bring you some content that's going to help you level up have a great day folks joe thank you again man i really appreciate it